This episode has been sponsored by MapHook. Hello, and welcome to The Gray Area, where I dispense advice and give interviews on relationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray, and this is the 20th episode in a weekly series titled Tryon Ascended. Last week's episode was a discussion with Rosalind about her family blog, Girls Are Geeks. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today is Friday, June 4th. And today we speak with Cindy, Director of Community for North America from Tryon Worlds. Welcome, Cindy. Hello. Thank you for inviting me to join you today. This is going to be a very special podcast having you here. Um, before we talk, I'd like to do News of the Week. The News of the Week this week, Red Faction Armageddon will be released June 7th for the PC, Xbox, and PS3. There's also a possibility that we could have an interview with one of the developers for that, so I'll keep everyone informed as that kind of progresses. Green Lantern Rise of the Manhunters is released June 7th on PS3, PC, Wii, and DS. A reminder that Alice the Madness Returns, which we've talked about briefly before, is coming out on June 14th, and it looks really good if you like the original game. And this is sort of like a Bioshock almost with Final Fantasy fights. The graphics are really neat, but there's kind of this almost like a touch of sick if you if you play Bioshock with the little sisters. It's kind of creepy a little bit, but Overall, looks really interesting. Transformers Dark of the Moon comes out June 14th on PS3, Wii, and Xbox, and Duke Nukem Forever comes out just on the PS3. And this one is for Cindy. The Sims 3 Generations was released the 31st, where you can grow through all stages of life, and maybe you'll tell us more about that in your news of the week. <laughs> so, Cindy, what is your I, I news of the week? <laughs> you have not seen that? Oh. No. Oh, I've I've been busy with uh, with Rift stuff this last few weeks. So. Okay, it looks really interesting. I mean, I think you can start as a baby and grow all the way up, and uh, do different things appropriate to your age level. So, uh, I don't know well, if you die as a Sim. I'm not sure how that will end. Well, I will definitely have to check that out. I am a Sims freak from way back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What is your other news of the week? What have you been up to? Well, around here, we've been very, very busy with a couple of things. Um, first of all, with E3 coming next week, uh, everyone is working very hard to get that uh, organized and together. Um, and then uh, we have a, a little thing coming up, our update 1.3. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be coming out this month, and um, we're all working very hard on, on getting things ready for that, uh, because that's going to include a lot of new things, including um, the new Hammernell dungeon that is just incredible. Oh. I mean... I've seen it a few times, and it's just amazing. And uh, the other big thing we're rolling out with that update is free character transfers. Um, people have been begging for that since we launched. And, uh, you know, most companies delay that for a while and, you know, wait until they're trying to, um, you know, stir things up a little bit. But uh, and, and most companies charge for that as well. But, uh, you know, we've had so many requests, and, and the community has just really been begging for it. Um, 
because you know people want to to move to servers with their friends mm -hmm. uh, you know guilds it, guilds ended up moving around a little bit when we first launched so um, after lots and lots of discussion we decided to go ahead and make that a free service and something that uh, people can do on a regular basis. Uh, we'll be talking about more details about how that's actually going to work as we head into that uh, that update. But we're really, really excited about it, and the community has been really happy to hear about it. I was wondering if you can transfer guilds as well. If your entire guild wants to move from a server, can your guild go with you, or is it only individuals? Nope, guilds, guilds will be able to move as well. Um, the guild leader will be able to uh, to implement that, and then the information will be given to all members about where the guild is going. So uh, then you can follow and still be in the same guild with all of the same benefits and your guild at the same level and uh, everything just nice and tidy. Oh, that is very nice. Makes it easy. So other than Rift, with the obvious, what games do you play? Well, like I said, my, my favorite standby, if I'm not playing MMOs, <laughs> I'm usually playing some version of The Sims. Um, I've had every expansion game with that. I've played every iteration of it. Lately, uh, the, the version I've been playing is The Sims Medieval, oh. which is a little bit different than the original Sims, but uh, I've, I've really liked it. It's It's been a lot of fun. But I, my passion is MMOs, and of course right now it's Rift. I play Rift most of the time, but... Uh, you know, there are days when I feel like eh, I may not want to socialize so much. So <laughs> if I want to play a, an independent single-player game, I, I usually go back to Sims. And then um, and I'm a, a huge casual game freak as well. Um, I love all those little dinky hidden object games and puzzle games and that sort of thing. I'm always playing something. If if I'm not working, I'm playing something. <laughs> so. Nice. I find a lot of nice apps on the iPad that have these little games that take you a half hour or so just to kill time, and, and they're kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, th those kind of things are really fun for me if I've got, you know, if I've got 15 or 20 minutes between doing things, I love to pick up something like that that's just simple and easy, and, you know, around here people are into to Angry Birds a lot. That seems to be the... Uh, <laughs> the the latest thing that everybody's playing. <laughs> they're, they're birds. They're angry. They hate pigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what appeals to you about The Sims? For me, it's kind of the ability to play this benevolent or evil godlike ruler of the universe. It's kind of nice to look down and control every aspect of, of what they're doing, and you can treat them nicely or not nicely. How do you play it? Yeah, that that's part of it. It's definitely part of that control factor, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm in a position where sometimes I don't get to control a lot of what's going on around me. So uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun to jump into something and, and play something where I can control everybody's lives just the way I want. <laughs> and and then there's the creative part of it too. I I love to design houses and yards and you know just make everything exactly the way I want it. Uh, kind of pretend I'm, I'm a decorator with, you know, an unlimited budget. <laughs> you are one of the first community managers for an MMO. Tell us what that entails. What is a community manager? Well, um, a community manager is, and um, a community team, pretty much everybody that works in community, the, the main purpose of our role is to be the, uh, the communicators between the players and the company. And uh, that, that sounds you know pretty simple, but it involves a whole lot. I mean, we come into work every day and have no idea what types of things we might be dealing with. Um, we do the basic things like you know reading the forums and making sure that the dev team and, and anybody else that needs to know what's going on knows 
exactly what's being said on the forums and out on the social networks, um, what we hear within the game, all of that type of thing. We um, compile all of that information and make sure that the team hears it. Then we also make sure that we get answers back to the community. Uh, if there's a complaint or an issue or, you know, problems within the game, mm-hmm. uh, things that, that people want changed, that sort of thing. We uh, try to get the most current and up-to-date information back to the community, uh, mostly on the forums and social networks, but uh, we also work closely with um, with marketing and PR to make sure that, you know, we get messaging out to the community and to the public. Um, we work with, you know, the engineering team to track down bugs or issues and things like that. Uh, we work with customer support to um, work on any issues that pop up within the game that might make it out into the public and the community talking about it. We sometimes get customer service complaints and we'll go back to, to customer service to, to work things out with them. Um, and then we also handle all types of, of events, live events like you know, E3, we've had community parties, things like that. Um, and then in-game type of events too. Um, be watching, uh, be watching in the community forums in the next couple of weeks. We're going to start rolling out some new weekly events for people to take part in, in and out of game. Oh, okay. So we're very excited about that. We've been waiting for um, all of the, uh, to have all of our ducks in a row and be able to roll out some of those things. So um, one, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you a little sneak peek. Yeah, one please. of the things, one of the things that we're planning to roll out is a weekly scavenger hunt. So uh, we will post a, uh, a picture of a specific item in the game. And uh, the first people that are able to send a screenshot to show that they have found that item on their character will win an in-game title. <laughs> I love that. That's great. <laughs> so, so that's just one. We're going to have three different weekly events running and then a number of contests rolling out over the next few months. Um, so we're really, really excited about doing some fun things like that for our community to to jump in and get involved and just have a little fun. You sound like a busy lady. That's, that's a lot of things. Yeah, it's, it's pretty busy around here. <laughs> but we have a whole community team. Um, I'm, I'm the director of community for North America. So um, I'm overseeing Rift, um, End of Nations, and our new sci-fi game as well. I have a team in place that, that works on Rift. We have um, James Nichols as our community manager. And uh, then we have Eric Adams, who is also working on all of our social networks. Um, so you, you see lots of us on the forums. Uh, we also have European counterparts that okay. work on the French and German forums. So uh, definitely not just one person here doing all of this. <laughs> then we have a whole moderation team as well that uh, just moderates the forums and keeps things under control. Uh, I was wondering about that, if you had mods and then GMs all kind of reporting to you what's going on inside and outside and coordinating that sort of thing. Um, Just the moderators. Um, We handle everything outside of the game with community. Anything that happens inside of the game goes through customer support. Oh, okay. So GMs are part of customer support. And like I said, we work closely with them. Um, whenever we see any kind of issues or, or they see any kind of problems, we, we work together all the time. We're all in Skype together always, <laughs> uh, jumping back and forth, uh, following up on issues. Uh, some days I feel like I'm a surgeon in a triage center, you know, just <laughs> jumping back and forth from department to department, <laughs> making sure things get taken care of. <laughs> Tell me about this sci-fi game. I don't think I've heard of that. Um, yes, the, this is a really exciting project. Uh, the game is called Defiance. That was just announced today on um, the Hollywood Reporter site. 
the the game is a, a shooter and it's an MMO. It's a persistent online world, uh, just like you would expect from any MMO. Uh, it's it, it's a partnership with the Sci-Fi Channel, and there will be a TV show that goes along with the game. So um, you'll be able to to follow the story of, of what's happening in this world, both in game and on TV. We just announced that the the writer for the TV show is Rockne O'Bannon. Yes, Farscape. Um, oh, I yes, love that. Yeah from Farscape and The Triangle and a number of other projects. But yes, people are definitely familiar with him from Farscape. So uh, really looking forward to that project. It's uh, it's going to be really exciting to see how that goes. I'm actually looking at the article you were talking about now, and it says that you're going to have a demonstration at E3, but is there a launch date projected? Uh, no launch date announced yet. Um, okay. You know, that's something we're, we're really careful about that here at Tryon. Um, anyone that followed Rift um, knows that we are extremely cautious about making any kind of public announcement before everything is written in stone. So, um, you know, until that's all completely solid and 100% for sure, you, you probably won't hear any dates projected from us. But, um, but it's definitely coming along. They will be showing it at E3 behind closed doors, uh, invitation only. So. Ooh. Uh, there, I believe there might be a video showing um, on the big screen at E3 so people can walk by and see that. But the demo is actually just uh, kind of hush-hush right now because we're still fairly early in production. So um, this this E3, not showing it nearly as much as we probably will be by the next couple of shows. Okay, well that's exciting news. Tell me how an avid gamer like yourself ended up kind of moving into the business end and planning all the fanfares for Barrent, that's EverQuest. I'd like to know that story. Oh, well, that was, a, that was an interesting story. It was a, kind, of, kind of an accident. <laughs> um, I, I was a huge EverQuest player. Um, I had started playing MMOs with the Realm back in, gosh, 97, 98, something like that, and uh, then moved to EverQuest and was really active uh, and totally loved that game. I was very, very much into to EverQuest. And um, I had a fan site at the time that I started running called uh, The Women of EverQuest. And we had a, a pretty big community and lots of stuff going on in there. And the idea first came up there that somebody should put together um, some sort of get-together where people could come and, and meet each other. Because that was, for a lot of us, that was the first time playing an online game and learning about online friendships and relationships and you know joining guilds and getting to know people online so it was kind of a new thing back then to think about actually meeting up with these people face to face you know mm -hmm. so um i had a background in community management i had been doing community work for a lot of uh, volunteer organizations and uh, nonprofit groups and had thrown tons and tons of events uh, along with that so um, I decided to go ahead and put one together and uh, did the first event, which was called, at that time we called it the, um, the EverQuest Gathering. And uh, Varent heard, heard about it and sponsored me and sent uh, a few people from the team to show up. And it was just a great success. It was so much fun. Uh, we expected about 100 people and 250 showed up. Oh my. And uh, it, it was amazing. And it, the first time to get to see people actually meeting each other from game. It was so much fun because uh, th that was the first experience I had with seeing people meet each other and 
kind of look at each other and look at each other's name tags and then go, oh my gosh, it's you! <laughs> and give each other a big hug and a slap on the back. And, you know, it was, it was so much fun to see that developing. And uh, that was something that carried out, you know, it was carried out through all of the, the events and fanfares after that. But um, So anyway, that, that went really well. So they sponsored me for a second event in Vegas a few months later. Um, that one we planned for 250 and 500 showed up. <laughs> so uh, at that point, they hired me full time and I moved to San Diego and started working for Verant, which at that point became SOE. And I worked there for a little over two years doing a fanfare every three months in a different city. Oh my. And, uh, it was just amazing. It, it was a lot of work. It just about killed me because <laughs> it was so much work, but it was just so much fun. Um, I, I got to meet players from all over the world and through, uh, you know, got to see these relationships developing between people and, you know, seeing all these things happening with guilds. And I mean, I could tell you a hundred wonderful stories of, uh, different different things that I saw through and at these events that were just amazing. A couple of my good friends, Iram and River, who've been on before, that's, that's their gaming names, actually met through EverQuest and ended up getting married uh, in person after dating for a while. And I always think it's really neat how when people meet each other, they don't even want to use their real names. You know, they call, I still call my friend Aramis. His name is not Aramis, but uh -huh. you just get to know them so well online that that becomes their name. And uh, it's really neat to meet them in person after talking to someone, you know, with just text for a long time. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, I, when, it, when I first started doing that, um, there were concerns. You know, people thought it was kind of crazy to go meet somebody off the internet. Ooh, you know, how do you know they're not some axe murderer kind of thing, you know, but... Yeah, I've met hundreds of people that I have first met online and in-game. And it's been my experience that people are pretty much, you know, the same in-game as they are out-of-game. Once you get to know them, mm -hmm. I mean, I realize there's the whole, you know, the anonymity of the Internet. And sometimes people are a little wacky, like, you know. But, but you know, when I've played a game with somebody, I have found that, you know, if they're a generous, kind person in-game and I meet them in person, they're very much the same type of person face to face so uh, but it, it it's been an amazing journey um you know back then there there weren't really a whole lot be, there wasn't a whole lot being done with with fan site relations um people really weren't sure what to do with communities then i mean when i got hired i, I remember uh, brad mcquade uh hiring me and saying well uh let's see what are we going to call you and somebody said well i've heard the term community manager somewhere and he said, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds good. We'll sounds call you a community manager. <laughs> and, you know, I did a lot of working with the forums and working with fan sites and working with the public, but they weren't even sure where to put me back then, if I should be working with dev or publishing or uh, PR or marketing. So I got moved around a lot, and we, we kind of had to learn a lot of things as we went because um, communities were really brand new at that point. And, you know, EverQuest had a huge community. I mean, at that point, nobody even came close to the numbers that we had. And um, it, it's funny to look back at it, but there were a lot of little details that are everyday things now in communities that, that you know, we had to figure out how to deal with them back then. You know, things like, um, you know, somebody making a suicide threat or, oh. um, you know, threats on the forums and things like that. Well, how do you deal with that? Well, now every company has standard policies on how they deal with those kind of things. But, you know, we were the ones 
at the very beginning going, oh my gosh, how do we handle this? Yeah, you're the founders <laughs> of that uh, policy that everyone has now, it seems. Yeah, so it, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was definitely a fun time to get started in the industry. The EverQuest fairs are still going on, aren't they? I believe I just saw that there was a, one coming up, I think, this yep. year. Mm -hmm. They still are. They do them once a year now in Las Vegas every year, I believe. I've been to a couple of them since I left uh, SOE, and uh, I always have mixed feelings every time they, they have one. I mean, there's part of me that feels like, oh, that is so cool that that's still going on, and then there's a part of me that goes, oh, I wish I was still doing that. That was mine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can go in and wave your hand. And say, oh, yeah. You know. When I have the chance, I do try to go. Uh, I'm a little too busy these days. But uh, like I said, I've made a couple of them since I, I left the company. And it, it's always fun to go. And, and, and this is this industry is, is pretty small. So we, we all know each other and keep in touch. And, you know, it's always nice to see people from uh, from the old days. Tinzian really had good memories. I think he went to the Baltimore and the Seattle fanfare. and. Uh he still has his prized fanfare t-shirt, you know, folded up nicely that no one can wear <laughs> in the drawer to remember that event. Oh, that is so cool. Baltimore was definitely one of my favorite ones. It's, and Seattle was great too. And we, we all, all of us that did those, we, we had a small team from SOE that did most of the events. And when we, uh, when we all get together, we have great memories of those, especially those early events. They were so much fun. I think that's one of the good things about being an MMO player is that you don't ever have to be lonely if you don't want to. And it's nice that you can show up in person as well and, and kind of have that camaraderie with other people. So I was wondering if you think there would be an Ascension Con or a Rift Fest. Do you think Tryon will go that direction and eventually have a con? Um, I think that we probably will. I mean, I never want to say anything for sure until, like I said, it's written in stone. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's definitely something we're talking about. Uh, we needed to get the, the game out the door and see where it was going and what kind of numbers we were going to have. And I've said ever since I got hired, I mean, that's one of the first things people asked me when I got hired here. I started getting questions about, you know, hey, so are you, when, when is the next uh, player event? You know, you, you're known for that. You have to start them. And I've said from the very beginning, if there's enough interest, we will do them. And um, I, it looks like it's going that direction. Uh, we've started talking about when and how we could plan some things like that. So I, I really think you'll see those uh, coming out in the not-too-distant future. <laughs> Excellent. That'll be fun to go to. How did you transition from Varent to Tryon? It's kind of a... I mean, it's it's still MMOs, but what was your path leading from one to the other? Well, um, when I left SOE, I went to Sigil and uh, worked on Varent for a little while. I was there for a couple of years. Um, built the community there. Now that was that was really fun uh, because at that point, to my knowledge, at that point nobody had ever hired a community manager before the game was launched, or at mm. least just ready to launch. Well, they hired me there before they had even announced their project and uh, had me start building up a community for them there. And it was so much fun. We had a really wonderful community and um, really enjoyed working on, on that game and with that team and, and with that community right up until uh, about the time their beta started. Uh, I had to leave at that point. I had some health issues and had to take some time off for some surgery and recuperation. And so um, I, I started doing a little bit of consulting then. And, and that was at the point where um, SOE came in and bought uh, Vanguard at that point. Okay. And um, so it was time for me to go back to work. 
Um, I, I decided to do some consulting for a little while and, and enjoyed that for a little bit. But then I was offered a position at Sony um, where I worked on um, some of their shooter console games for a little while. Uh, I worked on SOCOM and a little bit on MAG. And um, it was interesting. It was a very, very different crowd. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, uh, your elf medieval lovers versus the uh, yeah, first-person yeah. shooters. I, I got called a tree hugger a couple of times and things, <laughs> things like that. But but they were a great community too. I mean, they were a lot of fun, and it, it was a it was a challenge, and I learned a lot. But um, my my heart is definitely in MMOs. So uh, when I saw the position open up here at Tryon, um, I already knew a number of people here, particularly Scott Hartsman. Um, had worked with him back at SOE and just love working with him and know what a great job that he does. So um, I checked into it and thought, man, this is definitely where I want to be. So I've been here for about a year now. And it sounds like every time you get a job, you have to build it up from the ground floor. There are always uh, new companies that you uh, establish and move up from because try and had just come out with Rift when you when you moved there. Is that the case? Or was it before they had come out with it? It was before. Uh, they had... They had just done their, their relaunch of, of the new title. If you remember, it used to be called Heroes of, of Talara. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, they, then they changed it to Rift, Heroes of Talara. And then eventually just it was Rift. Um, so it, it, they had just announced uh, you know, the, the Rift part of it and unveiled a little bit more of what they were doing. I started right after that. So um, it was definitely a pre-launch community. <laughs> um, I handled everything going through beta and well, even back through alpha. So, uh, but you know, I, I like that. I enjoy building up communities um, before games launch. I, I think it's a great opportunity because I, I believe, you know, when you launch a game, and this is why they, they hired me so early at Sigil, is, you know, one of the things that I really promoted back then was when you launch a game, you're going to have an online community, period, whether you host it or not. Mm -hmm. People are going to, to congregate and and form a community. So it, it's really advantageous to be able to do that early and start building that community, start building the foundation, start reaching out to the people who are going to be the leaders in your community and um, just set the tone for how you want things to go and how you want to run your community. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's planning for success and it's giving you a chance to hear the voice of the people that are going to play and then you'll know if you're going to be successful and what you need to change if you're not going to be. So it's good planning, I think. Yeah, it, and it has its ups and downs. I mean, you know, uh, one of the drawbacks is you often get a lot of people who are looking for particular things in a game, and that may not be what you're producing. So uh, yeah. you can end up with people who are very strong leaders in your community that end up not actually wanting to play what you finally put out. Um you know, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a matter of, of opinion. Um, you know, for example, we had a lot of people on our in our community initially who um, really, really wanted old EQ-style gameplay. Um, and some things about our game are similar to old EQ, and some things just are not. <laughs> you know, for example, um, you know, just one such example would be a, a very stiff death penalty in the game. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, you know, there are old school players that really feel that that's very, very important and they want a game that has a very harsh death penalty. Well, uh, obviously that's not a direction that we went with Rift. Um, you know, the death penalty is not something that's that harsh. It's not something that's that difficult to, to deal with. 
And so those players that felt very strongly about that didn't like that decision. And some of them, some of them left the community, but you know, but I, th I think the good outweighs the bad and that, you know, most people really, really enjoy being there for the, the development and seeing what's happening, being able to offer their opinions and, and be part of that development process because they definitely are. The, the devs do read the forums. They do read what people have to say and, and what their suggestions are, uh, but then they have to go weigh that against everything else to make their decisions. I find that's really difficult. It's something that I'm dealing with recently, too. It's when people are wishing for something a little bit different than you're producing or when they're trolling, <laughs> you know, it can get difficult uh -huh. to hear the negativity that is expressed and, and take it personally. But I'm just assuming you have to keep going on and just believe in your product. Yeah, and, and you have to really make sure that you are listening to more than just forums. Uh, because, it, you know, statistically, it's a, I, I don't remember the numbers exactly, but it's a very small percentage of your player base that actually come visit the forums. So you, you have to be careful not to listen just to what the forums have to say. I mean, that's a big factor. But um, all of us here spend a lot of time in the game as well on anonymous characters, just listening to what people are saying. I know I go in a lot on, on my anonymous character, and I'll ask lots and lots of questions. Uh, you know, I'll ask people uh, in in general chats, you know, hey, what do you guys think of this? Or, you know, what, you know, what are the biggest problems you're having in the game? and Things like that. So um, it, it gives you a little bit more perspective, um, you know, especially, you know, if you've got some raging issue going on on the forums, you, it might be 10 people who are upset, you know. Mm. So it's really important to go in and check and see, is this something that's, you know, going on throughout the entire yeah. game, or is this just one small group of people who are being very vocal? So, so those are the things you really have to be careful about. Let's get ready for questions! Let's move on to listener question. We have a question from a listener, and I'm going to read the question and then offer some advice, and then I'd like if you would chime in and also give your take. This particular question, I don't know if I'm going to be able to give advice on. I think this one's geared for you. Okay. Krabby writes, A mod called Rushstar posted that he'll be heading to London for a special Rift press day and will have the opportunity to ask the dev team a few questions. And here's what Rushstar said. If there's anything you want to know about pre- or post-launch, then add questions to this thread. We'll be there all day tomorrow, so it should be a lot of fun, and hopefully we'll get back in time for the server opening up. And Krabby asks, how often do people get to meet with the dev team, and what's the best way to have your question picked to be shown to them? Yeah, that's not one I can really help with. <laughs> I'm going to throw that in your okay. corner. We definitely do that type of thing from time to time. Um, the, the press, of course, gets to come in fairly often and, and meet with um, the, the team and the PR people. Um, but we, we do try to do things like that with, with different players. We've had... Um, one gamer day here so far. I'm not sure if you're familiar with what we did there, but um, that was back before release. Um, what we did is we asked the forum members to suggest who their leaders were and who they would like to come uh, talk to the team and have a chance to answer their questions. And we ended up with, I believe it was six people. Um, again, they were all suggested by uh, people in the community, okay. just people who had been, th and these were people who were active on the forums that talked a lot, answered a lot of questions, had lots of good 
um, suggestions and things like that. So um, they were all sent here to the office. We gave them a tour of the studio. Uh, they got to have dinner with uh, a lot of the devs, got to have a roundtable discussion with the producers and some of the developers and ask all their questions and take pictures and all of that sort of thing. And it was it was really fun and it was a great event. And uh, I'm sure that we're going to be doing something like that again. Uh, I'd like to see us uh, probably once a year do a gamer day like that where we bring people in from the community. Um, we also try to spend a lot of time with our fan sites. Um, we did that as well. We brought in, we took a day where we brought in all of uh, our official fan sites at the time. I think we had six of them. And again, this was pre-launch. Mm -hmm. So um, we brought a rep in from each one of those fan sites and again, gave them the tour, let them talk to everybody and take pictures and so, um, so yeah, we, we like to do that kind of thing a lot. And as far as um, how to get your question answered, it really just depends on where we are in the development cycle on, on any particular topic. Um, you know, when, when we look at questions we can answer, it, it just depends on, uh, you know, what we can say at that point. Um, it's, it's, we, we don't look at who asks it or anything like that. Um, we just look at, hey, are we at a place where we can talk about this yet? Um, for example, you know, we were just hit with tons and tons and tons of questions about the character transfers. Um, that's, you know, I mentioned that earlier. We were mm -hmm. getting requests for that for quite a while and hearing a lot about it. But um, we wouldn't answer any questions about it until we were 100% sure that we could do it and have it in place and when we were going to be able to roll it out. So once we got to that point, now we've started answering questions about that. I see. So people shouldn't assume their questions are just being ignored. They should think that you're working on them and that you'll get to them when the question's fully formed and you have something to, to really reply that's solid. Right. And that and along with, uh, we also have to look at PR and marketing as well. Um, you know, sometimes people ask questions about stuff that's going to be released in a big news announcement or something like that. So we can't talk about it yet. So, um, you know, quest questions always have to be filtered through, you know, are we ready for dev to make a statement about it? Are we ready to talk details about it and make sure this isn't something that PR and marketing is has already tagged for a news release or um, or a magazine article or something like that? I see. Okay, we're getting toward the end here and we have a little bit of time. I was wondering if you could go back either to the fanfares or a current story that you've got and maybe share maybe three of your favorite stories about people that have played together and then met in real life. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, you know, when, when we first started talking about doing this podcast, I've been so excited about it because, you know, gamers and relationships are, are something that's really near and dear to my heart. And mostly because I get really, really tired of seeing all the horrible stories that come up in the media about, you know, people having problems with gaming and and yes. destructive things happening from gaming relationships and stuff like that. And I realize there are bad things that happen sometimes. But for every bad story I hear, I know 10 good stories. <laughs> and those never get any attention. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, let's see. Some of my favorite stories. Um, I remember doing a fanfare one time when um, I got an email from a guild leader saying they had a member of their guild and none of them had ever met each other. They were just a guild online. And they were all going to this particular fanfare. And one of their members was having a really difficult time. She had been ill. She'd lost her job. She was going through a divorce. She had no money, um, was just really having an awful time. 
And the guild contacted me and told me that they wanted to make all of her arrangements for her and send her to this fanfare so that she could be there with them and they could support her. And um, so I worked with them to do that. And I'll, I'll never forget meeting this woman. She came to me and just was in tears uh, and said, you know, thank you so much for helping to coordinate that, that it was such a wonderful surprise. Uh-huh. And it meant so much to her to be able to attend and meet her friends and, you know, have something really positive happening for her at that point. And um, I, I, it was just so cool to see that, you know, because like I said, none of these people had ever met face to face. They had just been gaming together every day for months and knew each other very well and wanted to help and support each other. Um, another crazy. time, I, I know about another guild that had a member that was, again, ill and having some really difficult issues going on in his life, and his computer broke down, and he couldn't play anymore. So the guild pitched together and bought him a new computer and had it sent to him so that he could jump back in and, and keep wow. playing. So, and, and actually, I've heard of that happening at least three or four times, of, of people telling me they've heard of someone buying a guildie a computer because... Uh, they weren't able to continue playing. So uh, that that's just really cool. And then I, I guess I can tell a little bit about uh, my, my own story. Um, when when I got the job at SOE and um, was, was planning to try to move there, I lived in Colorado at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a daughter. I was myself going through a divorce and having a, a somewhat difficult time and um, trying to figure out how to get to San Diego and get a new life started and a new job. And uh, I had guildies help me out at that time. Um, I had one of them loaned me some money. One of them gave me a place to stay until uh, I was able to get on my own feet. Well, actually, they weren't even really guildies. They they were just online friends. Some of them weren't even in my guild. <laughs> but, but we had played together and been. I was a guide, so I had been guides a guide with a number of people as well and gotten to be good friends. So um, so yeah, that kind of thing happens all the time. But but even aside from just meeting outside of the game, I, you know, I, I, I've seen so many positive things happen as a result of people joining an MMO community. I, I think the, the story that I just have to share that I think will always stick with me is um, I, I was at a, a live event one time and um, this man and his son walked up to me and the, the son was, um, he was probably about 10 to 12 years old, I would guess. And uh, the dad said, I just want to tell you about how this game has affected my son. And this, this was on EverQuest back, mm-hmm. way back then. He said, um, so we just moved to, to a very small, tight-knit community. He said, we're Jewish. He said, we're the only Jewish family in this entire community. And, um, you know, it's a very closed, small town. And he said, my son was just having a horrible time. He couldn't make any friends. He was getting taunted and people making fun of him all the time. And he said, I, I was just concerned what was going to happen to him. And he said, and then he started playing EverQuest. And he said, all of a sudden, he had this whole group of online friends and people to socialize with and people to have fun with who didn't judge him and accepted him for who he was. And he said it made such a difference in his life to have that outlet to help him get through the real life things that were, were going on for him at that time. And uh, it, it was just really cool. And, you know, I got to meet the son and, and got to take him around and introduce him to the dev team. And he was just so excited and said he was going to become a game developer. <laughs> so uh, it, it was really nice to see that, that type of positive outcome. I really like that when families play together. I know quite a few people that have uh, a 
there's one, it's an entire guild of maybe five or six cousins and then other people, and the cousins are all in different areas of the country, and they all play together and kind of formed this guild and invited their friends and the friends of their friends, and so they all get a chance to kind of catch up and be a part of each other's yeah. lives that way. Yeah, and, and also, you know, even playing in the same household. I mean, um, I, I also have a son, and as he was growing up, we played games together all of the time. You know, and I, I, I was a very responsible parent. I monitored how often he played, and he had to have his homework done first and all of that sort <laughs> of thing. But um, it, it really gave us a bond that was, was really important as he was growing up. You know, I remember it, through his teenage years, um, you know, uh, when we got to the point in his life where he was a teenage boy that, you know, didn't have much time for mom, you know, he'd, <laughs> he'd come home from school and I would say, you know, how was school? Fine. What'd you do? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> hey, did you did you get that sword that you were camping last night? Oh yeah, I finally got this great sword. It's got these stats and blah blah. blah you know, <laughs> so it was something that we could really connect on and and talk about. And I, I don't regret letting him play games for one minute. He he really got a lot out of it and learned a lot from it. And it, it was an activity that we enjoyed together. And at fanfares, oh my gosh, I saw so many families come to that together. And, and it was always really exciting to see that. You know, you'd see mom and dad and several kids. In fact, there was a guy that showed up one time that had five or six guys, five or six boys with him, all about 12 to 14 years old. Hmm. And he said that um, he told his kids, two of them were his sons, and he told them if they got straight A's in school, he would take them and their friends on vacation for a week anywhere they wanted to go. And they got their straight A's, and that's what they chose as they all came to the fanfare for the oh, weekend. Oh, nice. So, and, and the dad played with them. He said that they all played together, him and all of his kids and their friends. They all had a guild together and played together every night. So, I think that's a good thing with your kids. I mean, you tend to look at them a certain way as a parent, but when you read something that they write or you get a chance to chat with them and it's all text, I think you get a chance to really know them a little bit better than, than just seeing them with your eyes and assuming that they're little. You know, I, I tend to do that. Yeah. Well, and there are a lot of lessons to be learned, too. I mean, uh, my, my son learned to type very well. <laughs> for ah. one thing. But um, I remember talking about a lot of really great social lessons. You know, when he first started playing, he he did something one time. I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, he did something that got him kind of blacklisted. And it, it was a great chance to talk about, well, you know, you have to remember that there are consequences for your behavior in life when you do certain things people see you a certain way. So, you know, if you kill steal, then you're marked as a kill stealer and people don't like you anymore. And, 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 you know, it was really a good time to talk about how those kind of lessons transition into to real life that, you know, if you publicly offend somebody, people are going to have a bad opinion of you and things like that. So a little safer way to learn it than actually, you know, taking somebody from a department exactly. store. Definitely. Exactly. So, but I, I got to tell a funny story though. One time <laughs> when we were playing the realm together, uh, we w we were out at lunch together one time, and um, in in the realm there was there was PvP if you were outside of a city. Okay. And um, we were talking about a character, a, a player that had caused a lot of trouble, and we were sitting there talking about her, and and my son said, "Oh yeah." I ran into her the other night and I told her that that was enough that, that we were going to go fight about it. And so we went out behind the bar and I killed her. <laughs> and then her boyfriend showed up and I killed him too. And 
all of a sudden I realized people around us were listening to this conversation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so I, I had to make it really clear that oh, we're talking about a game here. I, I really am not endorsing my son, you yes. know, brawling in the street and killing people. <laughs> right. Behind bars, taking people out. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to in any of the above topics that we covered? Um, well, I don't think so. I, I'm just really um, happy that you invited me on the show. I, I'm going to be listening to the show a lot more. I am definitely very, very interested in gamers and relationships. Uh, I, 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 I went to school for psychology, so uh, always interested ah. in that type of thing. <laughs> okay. Well, I really thank you for being here. It's been a really good time, and I'm hoping that you'll come back and, and uh, join us again for another one. Well, I would love to, and um, maybe next time I could bring somebody a little closer to what's actually going on on the dev side and uh, get some questions answered for you there. Excellent. Anyone you want to bring is welcome. All right. To the listeners, um, the iTunes store is having an issue with podcasts right now. Their tab, you cannot go to the podcast section through their tab. And if you want to submit a podcast, it's not able to be done because of technical issues. So the Gray Area podcast will be up the new RSS will be up when iTunes repairs itself, so I'll let you know when that happens. I'd also like to say thank you to my sponsor, MapHook, and if you'd like to support the podcast, please click on their icon at genesee.com or join the Gray Area Podcast group on MapHook. In fact, this week we have a very special contest in Cindy's honor. If you join my MapHook group, you'll be automatically entered to win a game time card for Rift, and this is a 60-day of playtime for free card, so it's a pretty nice prize for MapHook. And you get that by joining the Gray Area Podcast group. It's free to join, and it's very quick, and they're good about not spamming your email with anything as well, if you're worried about that. Details will be on genesee.com to check that out, and good luck to all who enter. If you have any gray areas in your relationships or just need a new perspective, please email me your questions at geneseegray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode.